welcome to the Traffic Masters Show. Each week, Traffic Masters explores the lifeblood of your business, generating traffic, turning visitors into leads, and conversion strategies. Mastering traffic and conversion allows you to grow a business you love and live the life of your dreams. Welcome to the show. Well, welcome everyone to yet another episode of Traffic Masters here on Blog Talk Radio. I am your co-host, Gina Gaudio-Grave, the co-founder of Divisio at D-U-V-I-S-I-O.com, the all-new affiliate network for all niches. We have got another fantastic show lined up for everybody. Jack and I are really looking forward to our guest today. Our co-host is Jack Humphrey, my co-founder in Divisio and the Associate Dean over at DirectionsUniversity.com. Hello, Jack. Hello. Yes, we have an awesome guest today. Her name is Jean, Lan- Jean Lanou. Oh, oh, I got a little bit of an echo. Jean Lanou. <laughs> She's a longtime entrepreneur and the CEO and founder of The Social Genie. Jean is also a best-selling author, a national public speaker, and has been recognized as one of America's premier experts in digital marketing and social media. She's a certified digital marketer partner, Infusionsoft, Cydec, Google, and Constant Contact partner, and holds a certification in online sales funnels and inbound marketing. And if all of that were not enough, she's also a certified guerrilla marketer master trainer. Marketing is kind of Jean's thing. Jean, welcome. Hey, thanks for having me. <laughs> thanks for being here. So, wow, it takes a minute to get through all your certifications and experience. That's a pretty heck of a resume there. Yeah, yeah, I guess you can say I kind of like what I do. <laughs> well, like we start out, well, I'm starting to start all our shows the same way now. I want to know what gets you out of bed in the morning. What got you out of bed this morning and made you so excited to get to work today? Oh, well, what gets me out of bed every morning is I have a high schooler that I have to take to school. <laughs> <laughs> There's also that, you know. It could be passion or it could be absolute necessity. <laughs> <laughs> she gets to school at 7 a.m., so, you know, I get to, you know, get up nice and early. But, no, my passion right now is uh, I have been really, really excited to start. You know, I know you're a guy. And you may not realize this, but there are not as many women in digital marketing. And I did so, notice uh, this. I've noticed <laughs> this since not? the very beginning. It's it's always been strange to me. Yeah, and so I am, you know, on a mission to get all of us women together and to, you know, actually, you know, work together as a team so that we can grow and we can get more women involved in it. And so that's my my new uh, track that I'm on. Do you think that those women are just smart and that digital marketing isn't any fun for women and they're just smart for not trying to do it? Is that, is that what it might be, facetiously asking? <laughs> uh, yeah, I um I'm not really sure what it is and I you know and there's there might be more women doing it it's just that they're doing it off on their own and they don't realize that they don't have to be alone. Um but obviously mm. any business owner has to do digital marketing now. And so True. It, it's not it's not the question of, you know, if I want to, it's how am I going to. And so, yeah. you know, I'm just, so I just wanted to know they're, they're not alone. 
and that there are, you know, other people that talk the same language and think the same way and, you know, do the same kind of things, and we're here for you. Yeah. I used to hear a lot from people. Yeah. Well, I was just going to say, I, I used to hear a lot from people that uh, that men are just kind of overbearing, they take up a lot of space, and they yell a lot, and they do a lot of, you know, this stuff, but... Over the years, I've come to I've I've met a lot of women who are very powerful and uh, and and carve out their own space very very nicely um, in their niche in their market and um, have a very comfortable platform from which to do their digital marketing do their thing. So I mean, it's not like it's not possible. Of course, there's tons of examples showing that it is. So I'm with you. I I you know. I work with a very powerful woman named Gina Gaudio Graves, and uh, she is my shining example of one of the people who has uh, carved out a very nice space um, out there. And uh, you know, I I don't know. It is kind of a. It's always been a mystery, though. Since 1998, I've noticed that uh, uh, there's been a. I don't know. They're quieter. I sense that they're out there like you do. <laughs> and uh, right. just don't gather like like. Um, other groups do. I, I'm not sure why that is. Yeah, I, I'm not sure either. I mean, I know, but when I attend the larger events, it's about 80% men. Um, you know, the great thing is, is we don't have to wait for a restroom. Um, you know, but yeah, we don't. You know, it's like, and you know, I mean, it, it could very well be because you know, it can't. It can be intimidating to be around. You know, not everyone is used to being in, you know, a man's world, if you will. And so it can be mm-hmm. a little bit intimidating, and the language is a little different, and the way, you know, the interactions are a little different. And so that's why I'm, you know, I'm on a mission now to create it, make a place that's uh, comfortable for women. Well, why it's is that important really to you, different. though? Why, why on a, um, do, do you sense that there's going to be an experiential difference in, uh, having more women around, working with women more, having more women at the helm of uh, businesses that are is it is it a heart centered thing because you mentioned the language difference and the you know we all know how guys can be, and you know we all know what we 're talking about here so is there part of your passion for doing this to bring a new voice, a new feeling to the general realm of the online experience, whether you 're a consumer or a business? B to B, you know, when you're out there doing business, is there any sense of that to this? Oh, absolutely. I mean, that's that's exactly what it is. And you know, I mean, I think that you know, women already have a strong, powerful voice. I just want them to know they don't have to do it alone, and that you yeah. know, there there's a safe place for them that they can come and feel like it's okay to be a woman. You know, and get it done. Nice. This place you speak of, it sounds magical. Is there a URL? Um, there is not yet. This is a new movement for me. and Well, actually, there is. There's just nothing on it yet. But um, I, uh, I just bought the URL for women in digital marketing and digital marketing for women. And so I am, I'm going to be holding an event next year. And that is, you asked me what got me up in the morning, and, you know, that's how we kind of got on this conversation. 
that's what got me up this morning and what's been getting me up the last few weeks, actually, is just to, you know, the excitement of, this is important. And I think it can make a real difference in the small business world. Well, as people are listening to this, if they want to follow you and make sure that they know the minute that your site uh, for this goes live or anything else, where's the best place to do that? Uh, well, I am probably most active on Facebook, and it's uh, Lanou, L-A-N-O-U-E, Jean R. And, you know, join me there. Uh, of course, I'm on Twitter. You Google me, I'll, I'm everywhere. Um, you know, and it's like you totally dominate here. the top ten. Yep, I already <laughs> yeah. figured that out. It was easy to find you. That's good. Yeah, and so it's... Uh, Connect with me anywhere. I, you know, I'm definitely an open online networker, and I would, you know, love to uh, connect with you. Being the uh, Uber certified in all forms digital marketing person that you are, you know better than most how many opportunities there are for people to get exposure on the web, and probably tons of offline tactics as well, just to throw in more on the on the fire, but. Uh, one of the big things I think that faces us, one of the biggest problems that we have in this day and age is absolutely more opportunity than any one business or person could possibly handle. And the, the, the focus today as opposed to years ago when we only had a few choices of ways to get the word out and to get people attracted to our business and our message uh, is to have to choose, to have the ability to choose what's your platform going to be. Over the last couple of weeks we've talked about the periscopes and blabs and, and all the new technology for communication and marketing and all of that, just, it's just doubling down. It seems like Moore's Law has gone completely bonkers and we have a new way to reach out to people practically every month. There's a new thing that everybody takes really seriously and it's like, oh God, now what do I do? Which as you know, because I'm sure from your clients and, and your experience, it can be really confusing and kind of stressful for people. What the heck do we do? What do we focus on? How do you answer that question? Well, I answer that question with a question, first of all. And, you know, who are you trying to reach? Who is your market? You know, because the, we want to talk to people where they are, and that is the most important thing, which is, you know, for me, that's why I'm everywhere, and I'll talk to you wherever you are, because that's my field. You know, and my my followers are everywhere. But that's not true for every industry. You know, so, you know, mm-hmm. if, you're, if you're talking to, you know, an older generation, you know, they're not going to probably be on blab necessarily. You know, so yeah. you really, you know, really need to find out where your people are. Really get you know, in touch with them, what they like, what they read, you know, what's important to them, what their pains are. And when you know all of that, you'll know where you need to be. But are you saying that we would have to become just quasi-experts or go and dabble in all of these different platforms? I mean, get fairly up to speed on Facebook or Twitter or Blab or Periscope and 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 all all the others to determine where that is, or is there an easier way to determine where your market is hanging out? So you don't have to 
you know, front load all of that time figuring out which platforms aren't the ones that you need to be on. Yeah, well, the easiest way is to talk to them. I know that sounds weird, but, <laughs> you know. Wait, we don't easy. talk to people anymore here. We email <laughs> or text, and, and that's it, right? We're talking, that's like 1990. <laughs> I'm so old school, I know. But, you know, the best way to really, really get to know your people, your tribe, your followers, is to ask them. You know, and, unless you are them. I mean, I know for some people they, they are that person. They are the person that they're trying to reach. And in that case, then you already know the answers. But um, if if you don't, then, you know, talk to people. Talk, You know, ask them what they read. Ask them, you know, what, you know, their day is like. And you're gonna you're gonna find out where they're hanging out and what they're doing and what's important to them. And no, I I absolutely do not think that you should try to be everywhere. And you know, unless you're in the industry like I am, then I think you need to find out where your people are, and that's what you need to focus on. Um, now it doesn't yeah. hurt to have it doesn't hurt to have a presence in a lot of different places so that people can find you. For instance, you know, having a really nice LinkedIn profile, even if you're not going to spend a lot of time on LinkedIn, I think that's important. I think it's really important to have a really nice Twitter profile, even if you're not going to spend a lot of time on Twitter, because at least people can find you when they go there. And, you know, so you might, those, those few that, you know, are somewhere else that you you don't want to miss them. So I think it's good to have a presence everywhere. Yes, to spend a lot of time it seems like everywhere. People have, no. Right. It seems like people are doing that pretty well. When I, you can pretty quickly, uh, like just checking you out uh, today before the show. It, it's it was obvious you're in a bunch of different places. Technically, you have a profile in a bunch of different places, and you're different levels of activity on those places. But it was pretty obvious where you're most active, right? And I think right. a lot of people are starting to understand that exactly what you just said is the way to go. The only way, you know, to not drive yourself crazy, have a presence in all the major places, and then where you are really getting the most engagement, and that's where you're going to be spending the most of your time. Obviously, for you, Facebook is really important, as it is for lots and lots of us. Right. Yeah, I do. You yeah, know, I G- Jan. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, sorry. I just I do spend a uh, a great a lot more time on Facebook than I do anywhere else. You know, that's where my people hang out the most. You know, um, I you know I I am on LinkedIn, but I don't I don't get nearly as much traction there because you know, and so in in which is odd, right? Because I'm business to business. Yeah. So <laughs> I have a lot of businesses say to me, you know. Oh, you have to be on, you know, LinkedIn because that's, you know, business to business. Well, of course I am there and I talk there and I participate in groups there, but I don't get as much traffic from LinkedIn as I do from Facebook or even Pinterest. You know, so I, you know, I mean, it's really important that you pay attention to those that too, you know, it's like, am I spending a ton of time on LinkedIn and it's not getting me anything? Just because you like something doesn't mean that's where you need to be. Yeah, we really, should be completely agnostic to whatever our f- personal feelings are about 
different places. I mean, if you're in business and your people are hanging out on a network that you can't stand or that you think they should be hanging out on another one, it really is immaterial. It's not going to stop them from hanging out where they do. And if you want to reach them and you need to reach them, then you know it's helped me a lot to withhold judgment on how much time I find myself spending on Facebook. I can't stand it for one reason, and then for another, I I can't escape the fact that that's where all my people are hanging out, right? So right. it'll help if you let that go. I would I would think. Yeah, yeah, it does. You know, and I and I've heard that too. I mean, I've had people say that to me, and the one that hurts me the most and just and shivers down my spine is when people will say to me, I keep my business and my personal separate. And that is so painful for me to hear because, you know, people want to work with a person. And so that's pretty much impossible. If you really want to grow and you really want to double and triple your revenues, then you need to be a person first. And, exactly. You know, it's, social media has taught us, if nothing else, that people want to interact with people. The Coca-Cola Facebook page, I haven't even seen it. I don't even know what it looks like. People don't care about companies. And, and when they came out with business pages, um, Google Plus didn't at first. They were like, that's stupid. Nobody goes to business pages. Nobody interacts with businesses. They, they interact with people. The people that work for those businesses have figured out, hey, we can get a lot of attention for the business. You should let us spend some time being people on social media, and we can help you build this business. And and then reluctantly, because everybody thought you still should have a business page, Google had to give in and start business pages on G+. They didn't want to, and they knew why they shouldn't. Uh, and still, the pressure, everybody's like, well, I've got to have my business and my personal separate. And it's, of course... The writing's on the wall for that sentiment. I mean, they're absolutely wrong. And it's not because of right or wrong. It's just what people prefer. Human nature is to interact with other humans. And if we think you're some faceless corporate giant or an intern working for them saying that you're Coca-Cola, that's not interesting to people. They don't, that's not why they came to social media, to talk to somebody who's paid to talk to them. Right. And, you know, unless you have um – billions of dollars to spend on your marketing like Coca-Cola, then you probably don't want to compare yourself to them. Just saying. You know, and I mean, it's just yeah. like, uh, you know, just like Nike. I, Whenever people talk about branding, they talk about the Nike branding. And that's great. And if mm-hmm. you have the kind of money to spend that Nike has to spend to get that branding well-known, then I say go for it. If not, then you might want to rethink it. You know, so I mean, it's the same kind of thing. What size company are you? Is going to depend on how you run your operation. However, even exactly. the larger, the larger corporations, their emails are starting to come from a person. They're getting the fact that people are not opening their emails unless it has a person's name there. So, you know, it's not and it's so it's not just social media. It's the way you run your business every day. It's, you know, even websites. They need to be personalized. They need to have people. They need to see themselves on your website. So that they think, yeah. "Hey, I want to I want this. This is where I want to be. This is where I belong." You know, because there's just a lot of noise out there, 
And so in order to stop the noise, you need to be sure that you're showing them that you mean it and you're serious and you're sincere and I want to work with people. I'm a person and I care and this is what I do. Yeah. Uh, Jan had her hand up a little while ago, and I just now noticed it for a question. Jan? (laughs) Hey, this is a great conversation, and welcome, Jean. I'm really excited to have you here. I wanted to say a couple things after having been in Internet marketing for a long time. Men and women don't just talk a little bit differently about it. They talk vastly differently. (laughs) I would go to these events. And everything would be crush the competition and massacre them and annihilate. You know, I've Don't even gone... Don't forget Demolish. There's Demolish, too. I mean, it would be this, like, total destruction <laughs> of everything. And I'm thinking, it's, it's just like when I watch TV reality shows, you know, the storage wars and stuff, and every time they find something that will blow something up, they get really excited. And I'm like, I just don't get it. Once you've seen one thing blow up, you kind of seen them all. But they just, and so it was not only didn't speak my language, most women I knew that were successful in business were doing joint ventures. The other thing I wanted to point out that I heard a woman say this at a live event here in Atlanta. She said, I am not an entrepreneur because I want to be, because I have to be. She has a handicapped father who she has to take care of, plus kids. And I think there's a lot of other women in in many different situations like that. Oh, absolutely. You're you're not finding them doing the same things, maybe out of luxury or maybe out of just that it's not of interest or they haven't found. You know, I found basically in these kinds of events, the other thing is it was a good old boys club. Mm-hmm. Very much. And uh, so it was very hard to figure out, you know, where I fit in there. So, you know, some of that is really starting to change as we're seeing, So, like you are just talked about how social media is changing, is that we're all finding people want to do business with people, whether it's Internet marketer to Internet marketer or consumer to business. And I think that's why we're starting to see more women more visible because it's becoming uh, a little bit more in our area of expertise of relationship building. Sure. And there, there are, you know, a lot of women faces in social media. You know, like you see a lot of, you know, experts and, you know, in social media. There's, of course, there's, as you know, Jan, there's more to digital marketing than and social media, and while that's a, a big piece of the puzzle, it's not the only piece of the puzzle. And so I think that some of the other pieces um, intimidate women, you know, because it's like, well, we, I know for me, I, you know, well, I don't want to be too salesy. I don't want to be too pushy. I don't want to, you know. <laughs> and, it's like, and so, you know, being able to to talk to them in a way that where they understand that, Sharing what you do can change the world. And if you don't tell people what you do and you don't ask them to take an action, you're actually doing your people a disservice. And so it's like just changing the words a little bit so that they they understand it's not selling, it's communicating, and that it's 
bonding and relating, I think, you know, changes the perception of what Internet marketing is. I think that's really I like true. How... Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, and also, see, I'm seeing that this is fitting really perfectly into the ideas that y'all have been discussing about social media. It's sort of like mm-hmm. the circle is coming back around where people are realizing what works is when you're real and you communicate, that just works better. Right. Yeah. It works better It works have, better in email marketing. It works better on your website. It works better on your blog. It works better everywhere. You know, I mean, it's just, you know, people don't want to be sold. They don't want to be talked at. They want to be talked with. Yeah. We had uh, Lynn Terry on a few weeks ago, and uh, she's at clicknews.com. And she's one of the few people, at least that I'm uh, following, that uh, is teaching everybody what happened to blogging. Now that everybody's bailed out, now that it's dead compared to what it used to be, it's not anything like what it was uh, when we marketers figured out that blogs were a really good thing (laughs) right around 2004, 2005. Um, And then it got harder. And... uh, you know, people started bailing in the last uh, few years. And the people who are left are really what I call true bloggers, true marketers, uh, using blogs, content marketers, whatever you want to call them. And she's out there teaching everybody what it would take to have a successful business and and, uh, a blog-based, content-based business. And she is a really good example of what you guys have been talking about, somebody who's like, you know what, with the parts that I like as a woman, doing you know the marketing and everything else, I think you could build a whole business around that, that it can be um, one part social media, one part storytelling, building an audience and all of that stuff. And when I look at her in light of what you guys have talked about, it seems like, wow, what a great example of somebody who just said, you know what, screw the boys club, screw exploding, demolishing, and, and uh, blowing away the competition and all that kind of guy stuff. She doesn't have any of that in her business, yet she's got a really, really robust business. It's taking care of her upside and down, and she's doing a great job, and she's teaching the world how it happens, not just in Internet marketing, but in niche areas. You know, um, She has a low-carb blog and all that kind of stuff, and she uses all those things as examples. And when, when you said that, I was like, yeah, there's somebody who embodies that. That's exactly what she's doing, and, and a lot of people who follow her are trying to do the same thing. And being and pretty you know, successful she, at it. She said that exact same thing that you did, Jean. She said, I go to where people are. I go right? to where my people are. Yep. And that was, I, mean, that, I was so glad to hear you say that. Um, yeah. And you know, the thing about blogging, is, go ahead. you know, when you're saying it, it's dead, here's the thing. Like, you know, I'm big into Facebook advertising. And, you know, you have cold, warm, and hot traffic, right? And so mm-hmm. with Facebook advertising, now people that don't know you, pretty much the only way that you're going to be able to advertise to them is through blogging. So you're going to have to have good content. So do not fool yourself for a second that it's dead, people, because it's the only way you're going to be able to reach people again. And so it's cold traffic, you know. And so, yeah. so it, it has to be part of your puzzle. Well, the funny thing is, and, and Lynn said this in one of her last uh, 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 blog posts, 
was that this, here's the secret. Blogging is dead, and blogging hasn't ever been more alive at the same time. It's Schrodinger's cat. Because all of the people who couldn't do content, who wanted to come in for the easy, you know, it was really easy in the beginning. I mean, any marketer with a blog was killing it when there was hardly anybody marketers with blogs. And then it got saturated. And then all the people that were weak of stomach on generating, building audience and finding fans and fulfilling their uh, needs in whatever way that they have them, it's wide open again because everybody has gotten the word that blogging is dead, which is the best thing you could ever hear most of the time when, when a marketing tech, when they said email was dead, I ramped up my email marketing like crazy. I'm like, finally, email is so-called dead. Now I can kill it. But uh, everybody needs to pay attention to that. I didn't mean that it literally is dead, but the general consensus among the uninitiated, the unwashed masses is that it's dead, I shouldn't try it. And they're leaving a massive, massive land of opportunity for anybody to take up and, and uh, do exactly what you guys have been talking about. Build that audience. I love it. I love it. Yeah. And so and let's, let's declare something. If you guys want to make something all yours again, let's just on this show declare it dead. And then everybody will stop doing it, and we can keep doing it. I think that would be great. I'm sure that the whole world is listening to Traffic Masters right now, wrapped with attention. Awesome. All right. Well, what else can we kill then? <laughs> I don't know. Let's let's think about that. <laughs> so, what is your favorite form of of audience building, uh, either for yourself or for a client? What's what's the thing that you like to do when the client's industry and everything matches up with it? What's your favorite platform to work on or traffic tactic? Whatever you really want to talk about as far as, far as attention getting. Well, I mentioned Facebook advertising. I hate to like, you know, stay on yep. Facebook, but it is so powerful. You know, the way that you can reach people and find, you know, reach them based off of what their interests are and what they're interested in, and you can segment them so that you're just talking to them about what they want to be talked to you about, and you're not just, here's this, here's this, here's this. You know, you're saying, this is what you asked for, and here it is. And, you know, it's really powerful that we, you know, that we can do that now, and then when they show interest, we can give them more of the same thing by that magic retargeting that we can do. And so it's, mm. uh, definite, it's definitely my, my favorite way because it, it does stick right in my philosophy of you know, talking to people about what they want to be talked to about when they want to be talked to about it. Has, has Facebook advertising changed material in any significant way for you and, and the reason that I ask that is that there's a lot of people who have a, have a really bad relationship and they like to complain about it um, on Facebook in the marketing community. It won't let me do this now. We're not allowed to do this now. We can't do this. And I keep thinking, I, sometimes I'll try to figure out what the heck they were advertising and what they were doing with it. And a lot of times I find that they're really trying to shove things down people's throats. They're really you know, not targeting very well. They're really, really markety. They go for the sale way too early without developing. They're not leading to content or anything. And so I tend to blow that off and go, you know what? I bet Facebook is just fine. I bet there are people just like you out there who are still doing it and, and finding that it hasn't changed that much at all because you're still talking about the things that were good about it when it started. And obviously you're not complaining about how Facebook done you wrong um, you know, over some advertising campaign or you lost your account or whatever. How do you feel about that? I am so thankful for Facebook 
you know, because they actually did turn off a lot of that. And if they had not, people that were doing it the right way were going to start getting ignored because there was uh. just too there was just too much of it, and there you were seeing a lot of those when you clicked through on something. It wasn't even what they said it was going to be. Well, yeah. that that hurts trust, and so therefore people are going to click less if what they click isn't what you say that it's going to be. So you know, yeah, I am really glad they did it, and no, I haven't been shut off. Because that isn't the way that I do my advertising. You know, I do the advertising based what they click on is what they actually get. That's what's really there. And I target really deeply so that I know it's something that they're interested in. Yeah. You know. That sounds like me in your Google days when... I was just going to say it sounds just like you, you probably remember this when, when Google started you know, coming out with more frequent updates and everybody was lamenting all over the place, did your site get shut down? And my sites never got shut down from any update that Google's done since they started in 1998, which is coincidentally when I started. And they, they don't – I mean, I've never been caught up in all those things. I, whenever there's an update, there's a huge amount of people – Writing articles and everything else, did you get caught up in this one? It was because of this or that. You probably can't, you know, you're, you're completely uh, penalized in Google. And I always was just like you. I'm like, oh, that's great. They just wiped out a whole bunch of crap. And went, now we can get back to, you know, helping people out and giving them what they're asking for and being legit. Uh, it sounds like the same exact argument you just made about the Facebook thing, too. And it still holds true with Google. I mean, they still change things. And it's like, why are we always trying to find a way to trick them? You know, it's like, that's you cannot trick Google. I, I just don't <laughs> understand that. You know, it's like, why not just do it the right way? And, I mean, it's like really it's all about service, isn't it? I mean, it's like, you know, we're here to service. And it's like, it, it just, it confuses me. Um, when things are done that way, and why, you know, when because I'm still here. Oh, well, I can get away with this. I can get away with that. But why? Why are you doing that? Or, you know, I'll start a different profile so that if I get shut down that it's not, you know, not going to hurt me. It's like, why? Why don't you just do it the right way? Now, I understand that there are some products out there that um, – are kind of iffy that, you know, so that's like you, I guess they have to do things that way in order to even get any kind of advertising. Um, I I am lucky enough, though, that, you know, I I can um, choose my clients now, and those are not products that I would take on. So I don't have to, you know, worry about those kind of things. Mm -hmm. It's always wild where we have to describe what people – are thinking is generally or communally a big problem. And in order to describe that problem, we have to go immediately out to the fringes to describe how that could be a problem. And then we start to realize, hey, maybe it's not the problem we thought it was, because if the only thing that we can do to ex- to explain this problem is go right out to the most extremes, um, maybe maybe it's not a problem for you know Bob and Jane's uh, sewing shop. <laughs> like everybody's trying right. to make it out to be. Right. Exactly. 
you know, it's like, and, but the, you know, there are products that, you know, I mean, it's just, it's not legal to advertise. And guess what? It's not legal mm-hmm. to advertise on Facebook or Google either, you know. And so it's when you have those things there, that you're probably going to get shut down, yeah. And yeah. But it's uh it's great though. I mean, I love that they that they did it, and it's made it so much cleaner. And yes, it it is true that it's much more difficult to get organic traffic now from Facebook, and you do have to pay. But again, that was just a matter of time. The more the more people you get, you know. So hey, maybe we should declare Facebook debt. <laughs> Facebook is dead. Facebook marketing is dead, people. Do not do it, whatever you do. Yeah, there we go. I knew we would find one to kill. And it was one fell swoop, Traffic Masters, on this day of September, declared Facebook dead. Okay, now we can all have fun and really get some advertising done on Facebook. That's right. Facebook cleared the way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I, what, what, tell Take me through one of your campaigns. Like, let's make up an ideal campaign right now for Facebook. You're doing paid advertising, and you're going to have something uh, enticing that you're going to put up. There's going to be an ad. There's going to be a creative uh, a photo or something, and, uh, and it's going to be a timeline ad. What does that lead to typically for you or your clients when you're doing that kind of advertising? What's the click going to get somebody? Well, the click is going to – if it's cold, cold traffic – you know, people that don't know me or don't know my client, then it, it's going to lead to a blog. It's going to lead to some sort of good content on something that they are interested in. Now, within that blog, there may be links to some other blogs, and then there could be some links to free items. So that would be, I call them attraction offers. You probably have heard them referred to as lead magnets. And so mm-hmm. for me... For me, that's something of really, really high value, and that, that is a mistake I've also seen people make is that they believe, like, because it's free that it doesn't need to be of high value. It needs to be your best work, your absolute best work. This is their first introduction to you. So if you want them to con- continue on their journey with you, the free item has got to be the best you have to offer, and it needs to be something that they can consume quickly, so with, you know, five minutes to ten minutes, so that they actually do consume it and they do see how great you are. And, it, and so it's going to be super specific and easily consumable and amazing. It's going to give them a quick win. So that's going to be the main thing right. that's going to cold traffic. And that's what I wanted to hear. I knew that's what you do. Uh, I could tell by the way you were describing everything that that's what you do. So I knew I was safe in asking you to to lay that out. And I I think people really need to pay attention and listen and hear that because, you know, it might not be evident on your stream. All of our streams are completely different. We have different interests in Facebook. We have different um, experiences. Everybody has a kind of a unique experience in Facebook based on how advertisers can target to any of the minutiae in your profile, in your, in your activity, and the things that you've purchased before. I mean, it's just a million different things that people could be. So it's very, very difficult to generalize that your, your Facebook experience is like anybody else's. I mean, we do have some general things, experiences on Facebook, but it really is dependent upon your personal 
um, likes and dislikes and the kind of places that you visit, the kind of clicks that you've done before. But I think a lot of people feel like their experience is like everybody else's, and they're basing their advertising on that. They're basing it on, well, every time I click on an ad, it goes straight to an opt-in page where I have to opt in to get more information. And then they start building pages like that for their business because that's what they think everybody else is doing. But let me assure you that that could just be your experience where you're getting a majority of those things that there are also people like Gene out there who are advertisers who are taking you to really good stuff. It's just that Facebook has noticed you like to go to or it thinks you like to go to landing pages and it keeps telling its advertisers this person really likes to go to landing pages for this, this, and this. And that's why that you know, keeps coming up for you. So you have to think about that and not base your your uh, advertising decision, your marketing decision, what you're going to send people to, which is why I, would, I wanted to get that example out there of the, the kind of marketing that you do to cold traffic so that people can have a little bit more balance in that and see that there's, there's real value in that. I mean, you still get great conversions, right? I mean, you're, you're not overly spending per click and, and, and all of that, and you're getting the kinds of people into your funnel eventually after that trust is built, and maybe not even that, that eventually, right? Yeah, I mean, I actually probably have, I mean, if you're talking about me personally, I have pretty high conversions, but, you know, and it depends on, of course, how, what kind of, you know, business it is as to how much their ads are going to cost and how much the competition is and all those things. But, yeah, it doesn't, it really increases your conversions in the long term because those people yeah. would never have come back to you. They would have been gone forever. Uh, if you have time, I'll just give a quick example. Um, I was talking yes. to someone. Um, I had somebody, I'm sure we've all gotten these messages, but somebody uh, shot me a message on Facebook trying to, it was a direct sales kind of thing, and they wanted me to join their team. So I contacted them, and I said, you know, I started asking them about their conversion. It's like, so how many of these do you do? Well, I do about 200 a day. And about how many people do you get that are interested or, you know, talk to you about it? Well, um, about five. So they saw those as a good conversion rate. And I guess it's really all oh. a matter of perspective, right? Because it's like you get five people that are interested in what you do. Out of 200, they saw that as great. But what I saw were 195 people that you ticked off. And so for me, those were not good conversion rates at all. And so it's just it, – But you're not, you're not saying that they got five conversions. That was just five people who got back to them and were kind of interested, right? Right. So that's really right. horrible because you, you need – out of 200, you need a lot more people who express some sort of interest in order to get any number of them – a percentage of them to actually convert, and five is not enough. I mean, it's really, unless you're in a super, super tight market, five is never enough when you've got 200. And so it really depends on, are you in this for the long haul, or are you in this for the quick fix? I mean, and so for me, eventually they're going to run out of people <laughs> because they're taking yeah. off people all over the place. And so, you know, especially because it's a local market. And so oh. now, right, so I run into you at a, at a networking event, and I'm like, oh, 
yeah, I remember you. And, I mean, so it's just, why are you doing it, you know? And yeah. that that's key. It's like, you know, if you really are in it for the short term, then maybe you can afford to do that. But if you're in it, you know, for the long haul, then you need to meet people where they are. You need to take them through their journey. I mean, it's just like if you, you know, meet someone at a networking event. I hope that you're not saying, hey, can you, you know, join my team? I hope that you're going to, you know, talk to them and get to know them. And, you know, and it's the same thing online. I think it's it's self-sabotage. I think people grew up with... uh, you know, the idea that you, well, all the programming that we all basically have when we're growing up. You have to work hard. You have to do all this stuff. It's its really, when you compare it to the Internet lifestyle, it's completely the opposite of the way we were brought up and the things that we were told. Now, I'm not bringing my son up that way, um, and a lot of people my age who have kids who are in the business are not bringing their kids up that way, but I was certainly brought up to believe that, I don't deserve the kind of life that the Internet lifestyle promises. So would it be too far-fetched or too deep into psychology and everything else to say that people who go out and piss off 195 people to get five people are sabotaging themselves because deep down they don't believe they deserve the success that comes with the dream that they have. I mean, they have the dream and simultaneously uh, the other hand is sabotaging them by um, b- making wrong moves like that. It's either that or people are wildly, wildly out of touch with what works. And I just can't believe in this day and age with free information everywhere and programs like this and thousands other like this that people could be so unaware that that's a bad thing to do, like making such huge marketing mistakes. It almost seems like there has to be another reason for people doing that. Wow. Oh, that's deep. I disagree. I really honestly think people think that works. Remember, we have all been programmed by a barrage of marketing messages where if you're under the age of 40, you had a choice on what you got to watch. But when you're over the age of 35 or 40, we were held hostage for all of our entertainment by commercials. So we were trained to sit there. And so literally the concept in in business is you throw your stuff at people because, hey, it's they're still running commercials on TV. Mm-hmm. They're, st- they're running more of them. There's commercials oh. at the stupid gas pump. So I think even though those don't work, <laughs> people are assuming that if they do some little piece of that, then they're doing something. And I think they, yeah, they really aren't using what they know works, which is communicating with people. But that's kind of my take on it. What do you think, Jean? Well, I I mean, I think there's probably some validity to both of those. I mean, I think that, you know, when people see something, they, they think it works. And so, therefore, they're going to try it, too. And it's like, well, they're throwing their stuff out there. Let me throw my stuff out there. And I also think that some companies still train that way. You know, you need to ask a certain number of people and get a certain number of no's before, you know, you can even think of yourself as successful. Um, and But I also think, and I, and I hate to go back to the woman thing, but I'm going to, because I don't actually have to. Um, <laughs> I think it's probably... Even more so for women, what you were saying, Jack, because 
yeah, you know, we we probably were brought up to think, you know, gosh, you know, there's a lot of uh, mindset around money, right? And that, you know, successful people aren't nice people. I mean, that's kind of what we're taught, and we're still taught it today. It's if you oh, yeah. want, if, if especially on if you watch like the Hallmark Channel, it's women have to choose. They have to choose between success and happiness. They cannot have both. That is the theme of almost every Lifetime or Hallmark movie. (laughs) Yep. You know, and it's really not true. You know, we can have it all. We can be nice people and be wealthy. You know, it's the more money you make, the more money you can give. And so it doesn't, has to be either or. But I so I believe that you're both right. I believe that there's mindset issues and I believe that there's training issues and I and I think that they're seeing, you know, things that have worked in the past or they assume work in the past, but they just don't work anymore and they especially don't work on social media. Well, I think we've I think we've nailed this point. I don't think anybody ever needs to discuss it again. Let's all just go forth and prosper in the way that we all know what we should. Uh, <laughs> although I know we will discuss it again, just like Lifetime and Hallmark are overly discussing it in all their programming. But uh, to switch it a little bit, let's staying around Hollywood. You just came back from Hollywood. What were you doing there? I was receiving the Quilly Award. For my what? Oh, what's people. that? That sounds good. Yeah, it was fun. It was a good time. Um, it's a an award for a best-selling author for a book called Get in the Game. I was a contributor. Um, Kevin Harrington, Shark Tank, and Laurel Langmire, the millionaire maker. Um, I was a contributor in a book with them. And I wrote about Google, actually. Wow. That is really awesome. Very good. We have a uh, one of the biggest Shark Tank fans on the planet here, Gina. Um, <laughs> so she, I know she perked up when you said that. <laughs> I love Shark Tank and Kevin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he was like one of the original Shark Tank is that I've seen on TV, and uh, I actually yeah. met I met them at a, an event here in Orlando, and uh, it kind of just went from there. But it was it's, it was pretty cool. I mean, you know, I. I like, I mean, as obviously as seen as TV is kind of a, the not what we're talking about here. You know, it's sell, sell, sell. But even that has um, changed a lot. Hey, you, you're, are you trying to say that the salad shooter did not make the world a better place? Is that what you're <laughs> going to go on record saying? <laughs> well, I think it kind of did. It made my, you know, life easier. No, but totally. I, I, and all those other little plastic things I have in my drawer upstairs. I mean, I love them all, like my children. <laughs> but that's, yeah, that is, well, you know, it just occurred to me, everything that we talked about today and everything is always like this. We never really exactly know what we're going to end up talking about, which why is why I get out of bed in the morning. I hate pre-programmed stuff, you know. They never know what's going to be on our channel. They know what's going to be on the Hallmark channel, but you never know what's going to be on Traffic Masters because we don't either. <laughs> Isn't it wild how uh, you mentioned that people are that people feel like successful people are jerks, are or have lives that they don't want, or they're hollow or shallow, or 
you know, and we try to talk ourselves into the idea that I don't want to be like that because I want to have a rich, fulfilling life. I want to live a life of passion and purpose, and I want to give. I want to give to people. I don't want to take. I don't want to be a taker. The thing is, the world revolves around this energy source called money. Money is just energy, and it goes from one place to another. There's a positive and a negative. There's people who attract it and people who don't. And choosing to be one of the people who don't is not a really good move because the world can be changed by that energy. And it certainly is every single day changed by the energy of money. Money has everything to do with a lot of the, the good or the bad that can happen in this world. And so turning the source off to a, a power source for you to go do the good in the world that you want to do is not, very, is not a really good idea. Now that's another woo-woo, giant, philosophical kind of topic. It, it's no way to end a, a show when there's only three minutes left, but quick thoughts on that, either of you guys, or all three of you guys? No, I, I, can, I completely agree. I mean, I... And I, you know, there have been a lot of books written about it, and I, I'm not sure why, you know, where it started. The money is the root of all evil, but, um, you know, money is also the root of all good. You know, there, the the charities wouldn't be able to give water to the people that don't have water if there wasn't somebody that was able to make that donation. And so it's, you know, yes, people can do bad with it, but just like anything in life, there are good people and there are bad people. And But I believe that there are a lot more good. And I believe that money can do a lot of good for things that are wrong in our society. And I don't, I don't mind getting some of it. <laughs> Gina or Jan, any closing thoughts around any of the things that we talked about today? Well, I think this has been a great conversation, not just about marketing, but what really makes a successful business, um, you know, process is to really think about who you're talking to and, and what it is you have to contribute, and then also to not sabotage yourself in the middle of it. Right. So, all right, so... Um, one one more time, we need to know. We need to let everybody know where they can find you now because you're getting ready to do some really great stuff. The group for the women that you were talking about earlier, and let's give them a little reminder of where they can go. Okay, well, my website is digitalmarketinggenie.com, and if you do forward slash lm checklist, I actually have that lead magnet checklist that I was talking about that gives all of the what is the right way to create a lead magnet or a, a free offer. Um, so it's like that the website is Digital Marketing Genie. DigitalMarketingGenie.com forward slash uh, LM checklist? Correct. And that will get them Excellent. to the, We love it when people bring goodies for us to give away. That's awesome. Yeah, so and it's completely free. And the um, other way is, of course, Facebook. It's Lanou is my last name, L-A-N-O-U-E, and I'm, you Google me and I'm everywhere. And I'd love to connect with you. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming in today and, uh, and being brave enough to not have an, uh, any kind of an outline or agenda of questions because you never know what's going to happen. But it always seems to turn out really great. And you're part yeah. of that now, so thank you. 
Oh, thank you, Jack and Gina, and I guess Jan's there too. I, I didn't I didn't hear her earlier, but it, I am. Um, I, I, I kind of hang back and let Jack run because you, you really you can't reel him in. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know so how I to take that sometimes, but ride. yeah. yeah hey. <laughs> I couldn't even yeah. find a place to get a word in edgewise. <laughs> <laughs> you just have to barge in like I do. Just barge. Yeah, yeah well, that's okay. Thank you so much, Jean. This was awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me, Gina. And congratulations on your Quilly Award. We have definitely got to connect off the air. So, Jan, if you want to get us in touch with one another, that would be outstanding. Perfect. Awesome. Thank you, guys. And we will all be back next week, same time, same place, for another episode of Traffic Masters. Have a great week, everybody. Join us Tuesday at noon Eastern for the next episode of Traffic Masters. From traffic to conversion to business success.